if you know that's a step uh, in regard to where your walk with the Lord is at, that you need to follow the Lord in obedience to that, please come and see us, or so Pastor Malcolm, one of the team, and we'll direct you in the right way. That'd be great. Hey, uh, this morning, I wanted to just to share with you from a passage of Scripture from uh, the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 5 and chapter 6, a portion of um, verses there. And uh, just before I do, because that, that passage, uh, some of you may be aware, is talking about uh, families and it's talking about behavior of the family members for the family to have a healthy family uh, household. And so uh, before I actually read that verse, let me set it up for you. Uh, Paul is writing this to a group of Christians in Ephesus. Um, and he is uh, talking, of course, in a time when Israel is occupied by Romans. Uh, they've, been, they've occupied their land, their nation. And, um, and so Paul himself is a Roman citizen. He actually was born in the city of Tarsus, uh, not very far, just around the top side of the Mediterranean Sea there, in what is now kind of uh, the Turkey, Greek area of the, of the world. And uh, Paul is actually writing this letter and he's writing it from the point of view of how Romans would write letters uh, to their people when they're about to go to war. And so uh, the Romans would have a call to war. And Paul, um, as you look, at, you might have been aware of it, but as you look at this particular letter to the Ephesians, it's actually in that format that he writes. And then he shares about the family. And he's very much, in a sense, talking to the family, um, talking to each member of the family, and almost calling them to fight for their families, to stand up for their families, and to be strong in the family culture of, uh, and how we conduct our relationships. And so it's, it's quite apt, that, because I think you and I would realize today that we live in a world where maybe sometimes we see f people can be too willing to give up, uh, move on. Uh, separate themselves from their families. And do you know, the family unit is literally uh, the core of our society, isn't it? It's the foundation of a society. They say, in actual fact, the Rome, Roman Empire was built on the back of strong families. And if you look at the, the history of Rome, uh, the, the culture of mothers, fathers, children, and the strength of that uh, was built an incredible uh, empire. Unfortunately, Rome fell uh, for the very same reason that they grew. Uh, it wasn't particularly because of uh, the breakup of the family, but it certainly contributed, unfortunately, in Rome and the, and the destruction and, the, and the, uh, I suppose, the falling away of their values and moral values. But, so I want to read this passage to you today um, in, in the light of that, uh, because we have a society uh, that needs, if there's one thing that's going to create a strong foundation for our lives, it's the relationships we conduct, not just with our friends, but particularly with our family. Uh, if anybody would agree this morning, anybody there today? So let me read Ephesians 5.21. It just it says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. It says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband's head of the wife is also Christ as the head of the church, and he's the saviour of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify her, cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, um, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that he should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies, and he who loves his wife loves himself. 
For no one ever hated his own flesh, but flourishes, sorry, nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. Um, for we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. And nevertheless, let each of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And let's just move on into Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment and promise, with the promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admiration of the Lord. What a mouthful. Paul, at different situations, at different verses there, he's speaking to individuals. He speaks for a moment to the, uh, to the fathers. He speaks for a moment to the wives. He speaks for a moment to the fathers, not just husbands, but men as fathers. And then he speaks to children. And so he kind of encapsulates every member of the family and has something to say to each of them. And it's quite profound what he has to say. Remember, he's writing it on the back of a call to arms. He's saying, come on, because what Paul was seeing, unfortunately, in that particular time, uh, was seeing in his community, in his society, uh, the destruction of the family, something that had been, uh, been built, Rome had been built on, and, and of course the Jewish family had been built on. And so let's, uh, let's see. What is good behavior, or what makes for a good family? And of course, it's all about the behavior that we display to one another and how we, uh, of course, treat each other. And it's interesting that Paul first mentions, do you see who first mentions? He mentions wives. Did you see that? And uh, it says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Can I just put that in context? Because submit can also mean respect, okay? Now, whenever I say this verse, there was straight away a thought, uh, for me, historically, this text has been abused and misused over the centuries, uh, because sometimes it's been used to suppress women and to almost say, uh, the thought is to keep the women, uh, of course, in her place. Uh, and unfortunately, that attitude in certain cultures uh, around the world still is prevalent which is quite sad because what Paul is saying here is not actually, he's not actually saying that at all. He's not actually, and if you read the verses around it, you'll see what he's really saying. Because in the verse previous to that, which I read verse 21, he actually says, uh, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So it's not just talking to the wife. It's, it's, there are different stages in our family life that we all need to respect each other within our families. Husbands, wives, wives, husbands, um, you know, children, parents, parents, children. There's a, there's a need to, and let's use that word respect, to respect and to appreciate and to affirm each other. Uh, and so Paul uh, it kind of states that. Uh, the second thing that's interesting about this uh, verse, why Paul mentions women first, wives, is that it's countercultural. Uh, in that day and age, unfortunately, you never mention women before men. You always talk to the men first and then talked about women. And yet Paul here talks, about what, talks to wives first before he does to the male. And, and the interesting thing is there is Paul is actually stirring the pot as he writes this letter. The, the people would have writ, read this letter and Ephesians going, oh, Paul mentions women before men. That's unheard of. It was a cultural norm that you always spoke to men before you spoke to women. But Paul in, 
elevating or what he's doing is in, in talking to the women first and writing to the woman first, he's actually elevating her and he's showing her that e- women are of equal value to the husband. Some people would have gone, oh, how dare he? But praise God, that kind of rubbish, I pray, will continue to be pushed out of our culture and out of our world. Um, so Paul is saying here, wives, res- submit or respect your husbands. And, he's hi- and what he's doing here when he says that, why does he say that? He's highlighting the behavior necessary for a fe- healthy family. And you see, I've come to understand, and, and really what's being said here is that uh, men are wired for respect. There's not a man here t- today that wouldn't, doesn't appreciate a bit of respect because that's what makes men feel good and feel loved is it, it's when they've respected. And so that's why uh, we often see in Proverbs, uh, the, the writer of Proverbs, Solomon and all those guys, uh, they often, there's a couple of verses in there in Proverbs that talks about how women, sorry, how men just do not like nagging wives. They don't like nagging wives. Why don't they like it? Here's the reason. They mightn't say anything. The reason is, is because they feel it can be a sense of disrespect. Because men are wired in their makeup to be respected and, uh, and affirmed. And when a, a, a man feels respected by his wife, it makes him feel more loving towards her. And I tell you, it can be a happier home. Uh, we are a bit quiet this morning. You're all doing okay? So Paul is not saying here a woman is to be a subservient member of the household. What he's really saying is highlighting the fact that men thrive so much better in the home when the woman in their lives gives them respect and affirmation, does something just to affirm them. I I, I know uh, as I was, uh, I'd come home from work and when my little, uh, my daughters were quite young, and uh, they'd be at the, as they're coming through the front door, they'd be there and they'd welcome me uh, with a hug and a big smile and we love you, Dad, and those type of things. And, uh, and it didn't happen all that way perfectly. We didn't far from the perfect family. Uh, but I know that it wasn't just their doing. I know my wife had set them up uh, to actually do that uh, a lot of the time. I think it happened naturally sometimes. But often uh, she would do that because uh, she wanted my little girls to grow up with an effort, you know, understanding and loving their dad and appreciating him. And I suppose generally respecting him uh, because that's the way she did it with her dad because she had a great dad. And when he came home, th- he had three daughters, just like I had three daughters. And they'd be all over him, she tells me. And they'd wrestle him and he'd spend time with him in the backyard. And, and so there was this healthy respect growing between my daughters and myself. And I'm so thankful Michelle promoted that is because what she often that's the way she thought about me and I've appreciated that this it's so powerful gentlemen when we get an affirmation or I say well done you've done a great job see men are wired to be thanked and affirmed and respected and when that happens in with the person that is most important in your life and that should be our spouses and our wives uh, doesn't that feel so good and we're so glad about that. And so don't, if, if your wife says that to you, don't just go, oh, yeah, whatever. No, 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 appreciate that. Sometimes Michelle says, well done. I said, well, thank you for saying that. Thank you. I, I received that. Because sometimes we just, oh, yeah, it's fine. No, no, no. 
No, man, we need to see that, that it's, it's a powerful thing that builds, the, it's the glue of a marriage. Um, can I just really be honest, because I've seen more than one man who's felt unrespected, unres- you know, unaffirmed, and maybe a little bit under the thumb, and, and, um, and it's not just his wife's problem, but it can drive him to the arms of another woman who does show him a little bit of interest at the office, at the work, at the... You know what I'm saying? That is happening, unfortunately, hundreds and thousands of times uh, in this world. Right now, unfortunately, that's what's happening. I wish it wasn't the case that uh, a man... Now, adultery is destructive. I'm not even, you know, it's a slur on our society, but I'm not even condoning that. It's the man's just as bad. Um, but I'm just saying, it, building healthy marriages... Um, you know, someone once said to me, and it said, you know, if you've got steak at home, you don't go out for hamburgers. I hope you understand what that means. Men, if you've got steak at home, don't go, you know, don't go looking for second class hamburgers. Uh, and, uh, and I'm just so thankful uh, for the women who can, who can create, create that environment. So Paul is speaking to the wives. He's saying, come on. Now, 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 not only that, now Paul starts to speak to the husbands in, in verse uh, 525. In verse 25, he says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. And the second behavior it, we see for healthy families is, Husband, love your wives. And, he, and so he, he said to the wives, Submit and respect your husbands. And then he said to the husbands, Love your wives. And think about this. He doesn't actually say, wives, love your husbands, only respect them. And he, doesn't just, and, and he says to the husbands, he doesn't say, respect your wives, he says, only love them. But So what's Paul really saying? Well, he's not saying that, that, um, that, we, should res- um, that we shouldn't do the opposite. He's, what, he's, what he's doing here is he's highlighting what makes men, uh, why, how men are wired, and he's highlighting how women are wired, because women are wired to be loved, and all the men, right there is an opportunity to say amen. Amen. Thanks, Malcolm. There's two men amongst us. Women are wired to be loved. That's what he's saying. Um, he's highlighting behaviors that actually make a family work better together. Uh, and so uh, wives are, are wired to, wide to be loved, uh, to be made to feel special and cared for by their husbands. Um, uh, I read this book called The Five Love Languages. Some of you have read it by Dr. Gary Chapman uh, a long time ago. And I wish I'd read it uh, before I got married. Uh, and I wish I'd read it sometime at least after I got married that first year because it would have helped me a lot because I discovered in that book that I've got this, uh, this he calls it a tank that needs to be filled with love. And, and these love languages, there's five of them. And I discovered that my love language is acts of service in that I discovered my wife's love language is quality time. And so for the first probably five or so years of my our marriage, uh, I was always doing acts of service because that's what made me feel loved. And I thought, well, surely Michelle will feel loved if I just go and do everything. But the truth was, it wasn't doing things for her. Not that she didn't appreciate that. I'd mow the lawn, I'd, I'd clean, I'd, I'd do a lot of things, you know, whatever it was. I'd just make sure I'd even wash up and things like that. Um, and so, but I... But what I needed to realize, she just didn't, she, she appreciated what I'd done, but she needed actually me just to do face-to-face time with her. And uh, eventually I came to my senses and realized that's what I needed to do after reading that book. And, um, and we started to act that way. And so, uh, you know, um, 
Uh, it's not that I don't still do things in the house, it's just that I still get, you know, the truth is Michelle does things, even though that's not her primary love language, she still does things for me, and, and sometimes after she's done something, she'll look at me and go, you still feeling the love? I say, yeah. <laughs> she was really sneaky yesterday, because I was uh, in the lounge room, I was just watching a little bit of uh, cricket and on the telly, and, um, and that's okay, but she was doing the vacuuming, and... Um, and uh, she vacuumed our room, and she came out into the lounge room, and, and uh, I appreciated her, because, you know, what's my primary love language? Acts of service. So she's like filling my tank. I'm, I'm getting it both ways, sport and love from my wife. It was just the, the great. Anyway, uh, she had to go and get an attachment for the, uh, for the uh, vacuum cleaner. So I, 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 she said, oh, honey, could you just hang on to this, onto the vacuum? What do you call that thing? Vacuum nozzle. And she's very crafty, but she tells me she didn't do it on purpose. And um, so she walks away, and uh, I get up, and, the, and she didn't turn the vacuum cleaner off. And automatically, I thought, oh, there's some rubbish. And I start to vacuum, and before I've known it, I've done the whole lounge room, I've done the kitchen and the dining room, and I come back, and she comes with the attachment, and, I, and that was to do the carpet, the, the carpet square we have in our, sitting in our lounge room. So I'd done that as well. And I realized afterwards, I said, honey, you're, you're incredibly crafty. You knew that I love doing, seeing things clean and right and just acts of service, and you just gave me that. You knew. And she says, I didn't. I didn't mean to do that on purpose. And I, I, I believe her. <laughs> See? Paul actually says in Ephesians 5.33, Nevertheless, let each of you in particular love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Uh, can you see, he kind of wraps it up at the end of the passage of, on the last verse of Ephesians chapter 5. And he says, and he, and just in case we didn't get it the first time, he says, come on, I love your wife, wives respect your husbands. So, so caring and loving and cherishing, men, sometimes you get so distracted being busy, I know what it's like, get so distracted, we forget the priority of the most important person besides the Lord Jesus who is in our life. Can I just say, if you got married thinking it was just all going to unfold, you've got to stop thinking that. Because you've got to work. If anything you want to see succeed, you've got to work at it. It's a good thing, get you out of being lazy. You've got to work at things. And I think one of the things you've got to do is work at loving your wife, and a wife has to work at disrespecting your husband. Let's go on. The third thing, it talks about parents and children. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment promise that may well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And it's unusual here again that Paul addresses children before he addresses the, the adults in the family. Once again, Paul is being countercultural. Because the culture of the day is you don't speak to the children, you always speak to the father, you then speak to the mother, but you don't speak to the children. What's Paul doing? Elevating the importance of a child. Praise God. Uh, praise God for that. The importance of each family member is just as equally as important. So you've got to see, that, you know, sometimes we'll read this and we, and we, and we can get, um, uh, we read through this passage of Ephesians chapter 5 and 6 and think, oh, wow, that's nice. But there's so much there that is speaking to the people of the day and it can speak to us today. Uh, how important family is. And it says, children, obey your parents. Notice the promise is mentioned here. This is, the, this is a promise. This is because if you obey them, if you honor them, life will go what? 
well with you. Life will go well. Did you know that's the fifth commandment? Out of your parents, and life will go well for you. Um, and so I, I, I probably, I, I understood when I read those verses that early in my life that some of your future, my future is determined by the way we treat our parents. Whether you're young or old today, the way we treat our parents, even if your parents have passed away, the way we speak about our parents, the way we talk about our parents, the way we can honor them. Um, notice this. It says our future is not determined by how our parents treated us. Our future is not determined by how our parents treated us. Now, that can get a bit, bit hard to think about that, a bit difficult because a bit close to home because sometimes our parents have not treated us how they should have treated us. And that can leave scars and pain and hurts in our lives. We can be people that didn't have parents around who didn't care or didn't seem to care. We get this assortment of situations here this morning across the auditorium. I deeply respect that uh, in each of our circumstances. But uh, equally, I have to say today is your future is determined on how you see your parents. And so whether they were nice or not nice, in actual fact, there was no perfect family, was there? Uh, I had great parents, but they didn't get it perfect. But you know what? In those times when they didn't get it perfect, I actually learned that I had to just forgive them and love them. And then especially when I came to the Lord Jesus Christ and learned that He had forgiven me for my sin, oh, I definitely had to forgive them then. And there wasn't a lot to forgive, to be honest. And as a parent, I've understood that principle. So sometimes when I've done the wrong thing by my, my, my daughters and when they're growing up and I've overreacted or I've said the wrong thing, I've gone up to them and said, I'm sorry. And so as, as maybe children of our parents, sometimes we've got to get over the first issue is just sometimes forgiving them for what they didn't do right. Because I don't want to let someone else's... Um, problem or what they did to me be the thing that rules my heart see forgiving people doesn't make them right it just sets me free and so as a parent i and now as a parent i've learned to love and just forgive for any little things that my mum and dad might have done that wasn't right and so your future is not determined um as i said uh by how your parents treated you. Your future is determined in how much you're willing to honor and love them, even though it may not have been perfect. Is anybody listening this morning? My, uh, I'm glad. Maybe uh, that situation has been difficult to face, but honor your parents. It doesn't say honor your parents if they were awesome and perfect. Did you notice that? Paul didn't say honor your parents only if they were awesome and perfect. I know that there is some awesome and perfect parents here this morning, but you know, the truth is, it says, you know, just honor your parents, because with that is a promise that life will go well with you. And I want to encourage you today, don't talk about your parents' faults to others or your friends. Uh, stop speaking rudely to them. Be respectful to them. Uh, you might say, they don't seem to deserve my respect. Folks, just get over it and say, God, you've got to help me with that if they don't deserve it. And actually, in fact, as they get older, I think, just give them the time. I think in a society today, sometimes we can do, we're not so good with generations, are we? We leave our older people to sometimes alone. Uh, and uh, some cultures around the world, they do it really well. They look after their parents, honor their parents, and I think we've got to get better at that. Um, so honor your parents, 
provokes the blessing of the promise, the, the, uh, things will go well with you. Let me finish with this one. The fourth thing, behavior. Uh, Paul talks, the fourth behavior Paul talks about, he addresses fathers now. So he's not just address ad- addressing husbands, he's addressing fathers. So put your father hat on for a moment. It says, and you fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admiration of the Lord. Um, so he, he says this. Notice he says, in this, he says to the fathers, but he doesn't mention the mothers. Sometimes what you, what's written in scriptures, uh, sorry, what's not written in scriptures is just as important what's written in the scripture. Uh, and he, he says, fathers, don't provoke your children. He doesn't talk about mothers. Because in the culture of the day, unfortunately, Paul saw this. He saw the training of the children was left up to the mother. And, and, if, and if the mother and father had servants, it was left up to the servants to bring up the children. Okay, so Paul is now highlighting the fact of dad, stop abdicating your responsibility in raising your children. That's what he's saying. Uh, Don't leave it to the servants or just to the mothers. Paul speaking to the fathers indicates the importance that fathers play in the lives of children. Dads, no one else can set the example for your daughters. No one else can be a father to them. And I want to encourage you to spend time with your daughters if you're a dad today. Because when it gets to an age or whatever age, they, uh, you know, puberty or whatever kicks in, you'll find if you haven't spent time, sometimes they'll run into the arms of another young man who hasn't got good intentions. And I want to encourage you, dads, one way to stop that, to put a roadblock on that, is to give them time. Dads, that's what Paul's talking about. Come on, give them, uh, bring them up. Uh, dads, no one can affirm your son like you can. You're his dad. If you could just pat him on the back, encourage him, uh, be the smile of affirmation to him. I tell you what, that goes a long way. Goes a long way, doesn't it? That's what Paul's talking about. Come on, bring them up. You train them. Don't put it. Don't abdicate your duty to someone else. You do it. Um, bring them up in the training and admiration of the Lord. It says in verse four. Do you know the best? Uh, do you know that this, the father modeling the Christian faith to the children? In fact, when a father lives out his Christian faith, not just in the hour and a half time at church in this building, but lives out his Christian faith in the home, in his workplace, on the sporting field, and lives out his Christian faith, it is such an example. They say that the example, it's proven that children will be more willing to follow the Lord Jesus Christ themselves when they see a dad do it. I'm sure a mother. Does this. it affects the, it, the mother affects it as well, and when a father engages in church more regularly, it's more likely the children will as well. Someone once said to me, "My kids aren't coming to church." Can I be bold and say it's because you're not? Oh, see, okay, uh, we. <laughs> am, I, am I making the? Am I? <laughs> you still okay? I'm just going to share it because that's what Scripture says. I understand there is no perfect family today. As the singers, thank you for giving me more time this morning. As the team come. Um, maybe this morning, parents, on the way to work, you actually had a fight in the car and you're yet to resolve it. You're just smiling because you've got to look good. <laughs> um, maybe as parents, you've overreacted to your children and uh, you may have to stop being a helicopter parent. Especially when they get a bit older, just stop trying to tell them what to do. If you don't, if you haven't trained them by the age of thirteen, oh, 
If you haven't given them time, it gets a little difficult after that. I, I must admit, it, it can be done. Um, young people, maybe you're upset with your parents today or this week, or you're embarrassed by them, or you just wish they'd stop doing that. Stop, you know. I remember, I remember my daughter sometimes, I'd just pop in and see how their parties were going. Don't do that. Can I encourage you this morning to take this moment today to realign your priorities. Realign your convictions because about what God's Word says to you today. I think for wise, form a conviction that I'm going to show respect. Now, I appreciate some of our precious ladies are single. That's cool. That's cool. I understand that. But if your husband show respect to that man in your life, even when he's grumpy, because eventually he'll love you for it. Husbands, start to love that lady in your life and that she'll respect you for it. Children, honor your parents, even though you know that they're, they're not ideal parents. And fathers, don't blow your, fr- uh, sorry, bow to your frustrations and react at your children and at least be willing to say sorry. Can we stand this morning? You're very quiet. Is that because... Oh, thank you. I haven't got it perfect. Uh, far from that. I just want to read God's Word to you today. And I think He, he wants to encourage us because I know the building blocks of, of a, a great city is built on the back of great families or supportive families. And, you know, we can have the family of God, which is a wonderful uh, you know, connection. But there's also, this is only as strong as the families within it. And a nation is built on the back of strong families. And that's one of the reasons the Roman Empire was such a strong nation. It conquered so many other nations. Quite literally, it, it took all the nations around the Mediterranean Sea and, and it made them, them own, their own for a season. Even took, you know, Britain was once a Roman Empire. But do you know why Rome failed? It's partly, not the only reason, but it started from within. And it started with the, cult, the cultures that changed and the values changed. And families started to break up and, and, and sexual promiscuity started to happen in Rome. And all these type of things started to unfold and it became a destructive force. And Rome cracked from the inside until finally it reached the head. And uh, about 400 AD, the last emperor was dethroned from a Roman empire and Rome fell apart. And became many other nations. And it was conquered. And it all started with just a family that just couldn't uh, allow the values to slip and the morals to slip. You know, God just wants to encourage us. So you might say, you don't know where I'm at today. I am. There's situations that are so difficult with a husband that doesn't love God. And and, and maybe a wife that doesn't love God. Or... Or parents have been so cruel to me. I appreciate, I deeply respect that. I can't, I can't seek to try and understand all that because I'm not you today. But I know that we have a God and a Father who wants to be a father to the fatherless. And He wants to be encouragement to every woman, to every man. And it may never happen like you want it to happen. Please don't let it become anxiety or stress in your life. I just want the perfect family. No, no, no. Just rely and trust on Him. Just rely and trust in Him. So let me pray for you today. Come on, let's close our eyes just for a moment. Father, I thank you for every person. 
I thank you for, Lord, every precious lady today who's been a wife and a mother uh, and a child. I ask you to strengthen and encourage them in their roles. I thank you for every man that's a husband and a father today. Strengthen and help him in what your word says to encourage him. I pray for every child. All of us have been children. Father, help us to honor our parents. Help us to be able to forgive. It's not easy sometimes. There's been some incredibly cruel things that we as parents have done to children. But Lord, we've all been a child. Help us to forgive, I ask. Father, as children, help us to honor those parents. And help us as fathers and mothers to just to give a priority to those children, to be there on the sideline when they're playing their sport, to be a com- committed parent, to be a present parent in those, in those formidable years from the time they're born till about the age of 12 or 13. Help us to be present. Father, we confess we didn't get it all perfect. We need you. I thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit, that you, are, that you can instill in us and strengthen us. Help us to realign our values with your truth and we ask that in Jesus name and come on everyone who's who is here today would you agree with me today because amen means so let it be so let's give that if that's your confession let's go amen 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 today let it be father come on let's worship this morning just one more time thank you father be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his praise be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children